Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is the latest offering from veteran filmmaker Quentin Tarantino. If you count Kill Bill as one film, which I don't, but he does, this means the new film is the ninth by Tarantino, and according to the man himself, he intends to retire after his tenth, so there's only one more left. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood had so much hype surrounding it before its release. Why wouldn't it? It's Tarantino. It's him moving away from his recent genre pieces and making a film set in 1960s Hollywood, a nostalgic time period he loves, when the Hollywood New Wave was about, spaghetti westerns were in full swing and the hippies were all around. It's an opportunity for Tarantino to play all his favourite songs, to throw in a million obscure movie references, and it's about the Hollywood industry itself, surely the dream Tarantino project. It's got a stunning cast, which includes Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt, who, along with Tom Cruise, are probably the last of the classic Hollywood leading men who can get films financed just by being in them. Which is interesting to note because of what Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is about. Margot Robbie is in it, as are Michael Madsen, Timothy Oliphant, Dakota Fanning, Bruce Dern, and there's even a small role for Al Pacino in it. Saying that though, Most of the big names, aside from the main two actors, only have a few scenes in the film at most. In classic Tarantino fashion, a la John Travolta in Pulp Fiction for example, guys like Dern and Pacino pop up to remind us they are still alive, and it gives them a chance to be in a big film after so long. Had I not been spoiled by Pacino in The Irishman, one of my all-time favourite actors, where he gave his best performance in two decades, I would have probably exploded seeing Pacino in his minuscule role, savouring every moment he was on screen. Going back to the hype, even Tarantino himself was in on it, comparing the film to Pulp Fiction. Maybe he was talking about the type of film it was, but the insinuation is clear. It's as good as Pulp Fiction. The result is a movie that has had a bit of a polarising reception. It's been mostly positive, with many calling it the best Tarantino film since the 90s, a wonderful homage to 60s LA, when times were more simple and carefree. Others have said that it's a bit of an Emperor's New Clothes scenario, with the movie being empty, without substance, and only garnering so much praise because it has names like Tarantino, DiCaprio and Pitt slapped on it. I'm probably somewhere in between. I'm not the biggest Tarantino fan around anyway, I long for the day when he returns to contemporary crime flicks like Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction and Jackie Brown. His films since have ranged from great, like Kill Bill or Inglourious Bastards, to downright terrible, like Death Proof, which was Tarantino at his most self-indulgent. I was lucky to watch Once Upon a Time in Hollywood months after it came out, after the hype had already died down, and my initial reaction was disappointment. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is very bloated, very long. It has a meandering, ambling pace and doesn't even have a story. I was two hours into it wondering when things were going to start happening and though there is the usual Tarantino hyper-violence in the last 20 minutes or so, most of the film follows characters driving around LA or cooking breakfast for themselves without the usual sharp and intricate Tarantino dialogue. It almost feels like a terrific story was filmed and then all the scenes of substance and action were taken out leaving only the characters shuffling around in the remains of the day. I think that'll be, and that was, the reaction from a lot of people, as the movie intentionally subverts expectations of what we have of Tarantino flicks. Many of his trademarks are missing, and there just isn't really any tension or conflict in the film at all. 
It's about a fading film star and his sidekick stuntman looking to keep himself relevant, and he happens to live next to Sharon Tate, the woman who was brutally murdered by the Manson family in her home whilst she was expecting a baby. You wait and wait and wait for something to happen. It feels like all the driving and walking around is going to finally add up to something. And then there's a little fart and the film finishes. And even with events that happen in real life, like with the Manson family and Sharon Tate, you have a kind of knot in your stomach while you're watching the film because you're dreading what's going to happen. There's numerous foreshadowing shots of Tate's pregnant belly, for example. But what you prepare yourself for never happens. One could even argue that Sharon Tate offers no purpose in the film. It is definitely a movie that makes you think, after almost three hours, what was the point of that? However, I was a little more forgiving of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood than I have been of some of Tarantino's recent flicks. I sat and I thought about what I'd seen, and even though it wasn't what I expected, even though I don't think I'd enjoy seeing it again, even though I thought it was really long, I did have fun watching it. It was relaxing, it was soothing, it was like putting on your favourite tapes and sitting back and enjoying a nice lemonade on a hot afternoon. There's so many scenes in the film that would be called useless and overlong in others, like Brad Pitt driving around town, showing off the film's incredible set design. Tarantino's films often get called brave and daring, undeservedly so in my opinion, but here is one instance where I think he has actually shown a lot of bravery, because it's clear Once Upon a Time in Hollywood's lack of focus and direction is intentional, and the way the film goes about its way is a lot different from what we'd expect of Tarantino, a lot different from what you'd expect a Tarantino Charles Manson film starring DiCaprio and Pitt would be. The way I'd describe this film, the way I'd advise people to watch it, is to think less of the likes of The Player and Pulp Fiction, and more of American Graffiti and Dazed and Confused. Those movies are kind of plotless, they don't really have much of a story and more or less follow a few oddball characters in a day of their lives. They also have a vibe about them, a kind of groovy, laid-back, hippie kind of vibe, like the dude from The Big Lebowski, personified in a movie form. In fact, Brad Pitt's character does at times feel like it was inspired by the dude. This is not a film for everyone, and this is not a film for when you're in the mood to really sink your teeth into something. People who are aware of the Tate history will enjoy it a lot more than those who aren't. In fact, those people will probably leave the cinema scratching their heads as to why she's even in the film, what purpose she serves. People who like the old serial westerns like Rawhide will find it a lot to love, as will anyone who has a connection with the time period or setting. It feels like the film was made with the purpose to evoke nostalgia, to create a kind of dreamy stoned feel, a bit like Paul Thomas Anderson's Inherent Vice. It also has a bit of a fairy tale feeling. None of the good characters get into any serious harm. The only major violence happens to members of the Manson family who we hate, and even Sharon Tate gets a happy ending. In fact, pretty much all she does in the film is enjoy watching one of her own movies in the cinema, as if this film is her living out the life that she could have had, had a tragedy not struck. It's like Tarantino is rewriting history to make the Hollywood setting and time period more glamorous and innocent, a love letter if you will, when people today have wised up a bit more to the atrocities and abuse that occurred and still does in Hollywood. Tarantino's films have been really long since his editor Sally Menke died, and maybe if the film was a little tighter there would have been a razor-sharp story in there somewhere, a bit like how The Hateful Eight could have been a solid thriller at one and a half hours, but was stretched to almost three hours, 
which made it really boring in places. Weirdly, I was never bored with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, probably because I thought it was all building up to something, and there were a great many parts that I did enjoy, especially when we follow DiCaprio around the western set, as he struggles and strives to give a compelling villainous performance. There's a part where he admits to a fellow actor that he isn't as good as he used to be, and that he's passed his best despite doing the stuff that gave him fame. And I wondered for a second whether Tarantino was trying to tell us something here, but I quickly buried that thought. There's no way a director as egotistic as Quentin would do something like that. I just thought it was interesting. The technical elements of the film are outstanding, without question. The acting all round is great, and the biggest takeaway for me was the sets. The amount of time and effort it must have taken to build all these authentic, lively sets with a lived-in feel with minimal to no CGI. It feels like this 60s brought to life. It was a gorgeous looking picture, the colour hits you with vivid glamour. There's a lot of style in the camera work and the costumes are terrific and lurid, like a cartoon brought to life. It's just that there's no story, there's no sharpness in the script. Ironic, seeing as though it's Tarantino. Maybe he wasn't going for a script-heavy film, instead wanting to evoke a feeling with this movie, which I guess is fair, but in spite of the film's strengths, it does leave you wanting. So much of it, including the plot of a fading actor's career, sounded so much better on paper, so much of it seems to be without purpose or meaning, like Al Pacino's scenes. Are his scenes only in the film so Tarantino could finally have an opportunity to work with Al Pacino? There's a lot of good ideas in the film, but none are stamped down and explored deeply, and there is no cohesive storyline, instead coming off as a bit rambling. There's also no solid money shot kind of scenes, the kind you always look for when a movie is doing reruns on TV. You know, like the shootout in Django Unchained, or the opening from Inglorious Bastards, or the duel from Reservoir Dogs, there's nothing that really stands out when you think back on the movie. The ending maybe, but only because the rest of the film is so empty. It's an odd little film. It's incredibly self-indulgent, probably the most self-indulgent film Tarantino's ever made. And that's saying something. It's long, dreary, lacking in sharpness, tension, conflict, story, or anything you'd expect from a big-budgeted drama. But it's not entirely without value. You just have to watch it in the proper mindset and environment. But even when I look at the positives of the film, when you stack the movie up against the rest of Tarantino's movies, even the ones I didn't like that much, I don't really see this being better than any of them, bar Death Proof. I'll give it a 6 out of 10.